0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Nurse-ish podcast. This is your host, Tiana, and I have my girl, Kaylin, co-hosting with me.
1: Hey, guys. So before we get started, we just ask that everyone like, subscribe, and share our podcast.
0: Matters discussed on this podcast have no reflection or association with the institutions that we've worked for or currently work for. With that said, let's get started.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Nurses Podcast. Today, during episode 2 called Journey During Nursing School, we will be talking about attending an HBCU and an HBCU nursing program, how to study for your school exams, and how to prepare for NCLEX and time frames during NCLEX. We also will be briefly talking about our postgrad experience and postgrad depression and stuff around that.
0: Okay. Let's get to it. So I guess first um, with our personal experience with HBCU. So a lot of times I feel like you see the argument of which school should you attend? Should it be HBCU or PWI? So first, uh, HBCU is I believe is a historically Black College University, right? Mm-hmm.
1: College okay. university. and
0: then a PWI is a predominantly white institution. Absolutely. So, um off of my experience, I've had family members, the family members of mine who did go to college, they went or attended HBCUs. So that's the main reason why I started my journey at Morgan State University. My aunts and uncles, they graduated from Morgan. Growing up, I always used to go to like their homecomings and the different events that they would have at Morgan. So that's what really drew me um, to attend Morgan State University. Um, I I love my experience at Morgan, actually. If I can compare it to Coppin, I feel like for my first two years, I really had a good experience of, you know, staying on campus and, um, you know, being around my peers. I actually
1: really liked it. So, with me, HBCU, I kind of always, I mean, what my first dream school was a school in San Diego. Um, it was a California state school, and those schools are huge, like 200 people in a classroom. Oh, my goodness. So, with me, my high school that I went to was an all girls Catholic school, and we had really small classrooms. So, I kind of wanted to transition into a small school, but not so small. So, Morgan State was about like 8,000 students, um, which is a pretty good size. But to me, um, at my church, we had a Black College Expo, and Morgan State was there, Langston, a whole bunch of other HBCUs. And I've just always been into HBCUs, and um, I had went to Morgan's um, open house. Girl, <laughs> they blew me out the room, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going here. Like, they have a band, they have parties. Like I'm like, oh, yeah, this is where I'm going. So HBCU, I wouldn't trade that experience for really anything. It's definitely one of a kind it has like you know we're gonna get into the cons of going to an hbcu but just being around predominantly black people and having your teachers are black and Mm -hmm. you know students are black and you just feel way more comfortable in your your surroundings
0: yeah it definitely gives you a feeling of comfort for sure um and um just like you were saying that it was it's more intimate um, I did go to open houses for like regular PWIs and it just did not feel um, intimate at all. Like you mm. said, um, the San Diego school that you were talking about, that's too many people in the class. You, you yeah. can't really relate or you can't really get to know your professors or Absolutely. most of the people in your class because it's it's not really intimate at all. Mm-hmm.
1: Even though there, I think there are some pretty big HBCUs that have way more than than Morgan does. Yeah, but probably the like about going to a smaller one is like intimacy. Definitely. You actually get to know your teachers and they care about whether you pass in or whether you're coming to class or not. They care. Yeah.
0: And then with me, I know you said that you went to an all girls school, but I actually I'm from Baltimore. So Baltimore is predominantly well, I won't say it's predominantly black, but there's a lot of black it's people. There's a lot of there. black people. <laughs> <laughs> in the neighborhood where I grew up, I grew up in Randallstown and Owens Mills, it's a lot of black people like my schools the high schools middle schools and elementary schools that I went to were predominantly black so I couldn't even imagine like it wasn't even really an option for me to choose mm-hmm. a PWI I already right. knew I was going to HBCU
1: because <laughs> with my class it was about three or four black people that I graduated high school with oh wow and then middle school it was just two other black people in my class so when I came to Morgan I'm like Damn, well I guess a lot of black people, but I love it. You know, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, there's a sense of sense so. of
0: culture mm-hmm. um, when you attend an HBCU. It's a sense of pride that you have being from that school. So I I um I'm definitely for HBCUs. I will also say that it's very affordable. Like if you compare an HBCU, if you compare Coffin or Morgan to how much it costs to get to go to Towson, um, which is a very popular school here in Baltimore, or like John Hopkins. I'm trying to think or University of Maryland that's another big one here in Maryland Um, if you compare HBCU prices to their schools it's so much more affordable I mean regardless Mm -hmm. college is expensive but um, if you're looking for something on a budget you can definitely get that from um, attending an HBCU
1: and you get a good education too don't think the education (laughs) is any different you know you get an amazing education
0: yeah, but I will also definitely say a lot of people, you have to be mindful which school you choose, because HBCUs, unlike P, um, PWIs, most PWIs, they have almost every major, you know, they just have a diverse set of majors that you can choose from, Um, compared to HBCUs, you have to choose, like, if you go to Morgan, you know that Morgan is good for, like, engineering or teaching, yeah. like, there's certain majors that um, Morgan they they really excel in compared to, like, if you were to go to Coppin, you know that Coppin, like, everybody knows Coppin is known for nursing.
1: That's yeah. the school you go
0: to for HBCUs in Maryland for nursing. Mm-hmm. So, you have to be mindful of which school you choose when it comes to an HBCU, because they might not offer all of the majors. Like, I think you, you MES, they don't offer nursing at all. So, you can't mm. go to a school like that and want to do nursing because you but, won't be able to take I the class at all. But, yeah,
1: that's good information, because I didn't
0: know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. trying to think of anything else positive um, for HBCUs.
1: I think we pretty much covered it.
0: Yeah. I liked it. You know? I definitely wouldn't change um, yeah. which school I, I went to. <laughs> okay. Now get into the cons. <laughs> the cons.
1: I mean, we're not going to talk too bad about HBCUs. <laughs> but if you're Black, then you just kind of know. Like, sometimes in an HBCU, the staff can be fairly you know a little rude and they got a little attitude know, they got they a little got spicy, a lot of <laughs> attitudes yeah a little spicy um a lot of the times like HBCU is super unorganized mm. like you can be at the financial aid office for damn near two weeks trying to figure and straighten things out you know like at this point I'm just about to drop out you know because y'all are making it so difficult Yeah,
0: one thing I would definitely recommend, um, because I felt like I lived in the financial aid office, especially when I first started school, like make sure you write down everyone's name that you talk to, because they literally will take you as a joke if (laughs) they'll, you'll see them one day and the next day you'll come back and you'll be like, I talked to the lady who, um, she was right here, she looked like this, they will take you as a joke, like you don't have the name. Oh, that means you didn't talk to anybody. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, make sure you document, like, have your own forms of documentation. Mm -hmm. Ask for copies of everything. When I tell you they will lose your stuff, you'll literally stand in line all day to provide paperwork. And then when you go back a week later, they'll say they don't have your paperwork. So make sure you keep copies of everything. Make sure you take down names of everyone you spoke to. If someone promised you that they would... Um, do this for you you need to make sure you write their name and get their contact information because if not um, sometimes I don't know if it's and this is just me vouching for them I don't know this because you know they're short staffed or if there's not enough resources where they can provide the best type of you know service to HBCU students but sometimes the staff it kind of comes off like they're overwhelmed and they have too much on their plate so they're not able to do their job correctly uh-huh. in some in some instances not all not all um cases yeah and then another big one I'll let you know so for the people who which is almost everyone so everyone's money that you pay for school goes through financial aid for the most part like you have to pay for school a lot of people end up using loans or scholarships or grants um in comparison to PWI so my sister she attended Towson University and literally she would get her refund check for the semester before school even started When I started Compton State University, (laughs) I didn't get my refund check until November. And then when I got my refund check, it was missing like one of my, I guess (laughs) one of my (laughs) checks that I didn't end up getting until that next semester. So one thing I will say is that if you depend on financial aid to, to survive throughout college, you need to make sure you have a personal savings or something to the side, because literally sometimes you might not get your money when you expect it like you're not going to get your money on time and that's just the the reality even when i went to morgan morgan wasn't as bad as coppin but with coppin i literally (laughs) did get my money until like the end of the semester
1: yeah that's terrible
0: yeah so that's something to take into consideration as well Uh, and um the only other con i would say is lack of resources that um, HBCUs have. So, of course, everyone knows for the most part, PWIs, they have way more students attending. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times the students who graduate, they donate money back to the university. So they have way more resources. They get way more funding from like the state or from private donors. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have way more resources at these schools. When you go to HBCUs, they don't, for the most part, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I haven't. I feel bad for Sanders, but I haven't even sent a donation into any of the schools that I've graduated for,
1: from. I know. I need you to know what honest. I mean. I feel bad now
0: that I'm saying it, over.
1: but dang, we still trying to make a living for ourselves. You
0: know? I know, but you know what I mean. So like, yeah. If you think of think about it about in that I guess in that way they just don't have the resources for so many different things. And then also my sister, she um, graduated from Morgan State University and she graduated with like a chemistry degree. And she told me once she actually ended up going to Ivy League school after she graduated from Morgan State University, um, she realized that Morgan didn't have the resources, like all of like the science um, equipment that they used was like broke or was very old. So um, even with us, like the sim lab um, in nursing school, a lot of the, you know, a lot Girl, of the SIM <laughs> some of the work. equipment didn't work like most of it did not work so you weren't able to really get the full experience mm-hmm. in most cases we because that the of notes, honestly yeah
1: because even with our um in maternity we you would you're supposed to have this <laughs> stem this mother sim that's supposed to give birth and go through all the stages of labor and whatnot right man we have to push that baby out on our own <laughs> you know it's sad but I mean like the teachers are all they're they're so intelligent and they know Mm -hmm. their information you know they know what they're talking about so you know it makes up in that way and all of our clinical instructors are very very intelligent um but my my college roommate she had went to nursing school at um Notre Dame and she would just be telling me about like their sim labs and stuff and about their the way their little sim people move and the things that they do and I'm just like that is amazing i'm like our sim stuff don't work but i mean we're still competent nurses yeah
0: and honestly i'm just gonna be honest like Coppin prepared me to be a very confident and competent nurse
1: because when you
0: go to your first jobs like some hospitals it depends on where you work my first hospital that i worked at it wasn't like university of maryland or john hopkins it was like a lower level I wouldn't say lower level because we did get a lot of emergencies. But as far as like resources, it didn't have a big name like John Hopkins connected to it. Uh-huh. So, of course, the money flow that was coming in just was not the best. So a lot of times we had to work with a lack of resources. So I feel like Coppin kind of trained me to work in, uh-huh. you know, situations like that. I I was able to adjust a little bit better because I was used to, you know... <laughs> things Mm -hmm. being disorganized I was used to things breaking, and I had to be creative and learn how to do things a different way so I feel like Mm -hmm. in some ways it will um, help you become uh, a competent or uh, a better nurse in some ways because you don't depend on luxuries Mm because a lot of times like the sim lab in a way I don't want to say it's a luxury because you pay for it but not all schools have it
1: Mm mm-hmm
0: you know so some people just have to look at the video online
1: (laughs) and do your hands-on training right I hear a lot of the time like nurses and stuff from like PWIs and just like those higher institutes they're very like book smart like they know all the books they Mm -hmm. know everything from the book but at the end of the day when you're on that floor who gives who gives a shit about what's in chapter 12 you know (laughs) paragraph (laughs) number two like what's your (laughs) Doing the skills do you know what to do in this situation and don't rely on a book to get you through when you're on the floor because that's not gonna work
0: and that is a fact i can attest to when i started um nursing in general like you can just tell the difference from some of the schools that people attended like you mm-hmm. said a lot of people are book smart and they have like a lot of knowledge but when it's time to jump in and your patient is crashing or your patient is going through this and that they're literally stuck yeah ain't like did you the book that? says this I'm supposed to follow this like sometimes yeah. you know how people present in books or you know the questions that you get in class the typical questions is not how it's going to be in reality like mm-hmm. people don't come in with one disease they don't come in just with just high blood pressure they come in with high blood pressure congestive heart failure they got COPD Girl, you the know, whole nine. <laughs> got an ulcer
1: on one foot you just be like <laughs> what happened
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. Um it's Coppin definitely taught me to be a, a competent nurse and I literally had no experience um in the healthcare field at all. But I was able to jump right in and I do a Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: shout out to Coppin. Yep, we love you. We love Coppin. We love Morgan. Mm-hmm. Amazing schools. Um, so maybe we can get into how we start how we study for our school exams. Yeah. About time okay so um like we had previously said in the last episode um one of the major things of you know getting through your nursing program is having a study group and we absolutely cannot stress that enough Mm -hmm. how important study groups are um you know is you know you work you work together as a team and even when you get onto the nursing floor you will never be by by yourself nursing yeah. is a team effort and just like in really school is a team effort you know a lot of the times you may not want to ask for help but you're going to need it
0: yep yeah. and as I touched on it I believe on the last episode um, going into nursing school I've always studied you know, independently. But for nursing school, you never really need a study group. Or at least at that time I didn't think I needed one. But mm-hmm. that's something I quickly quickly did learn because it's just too much. It's hard for you to do it by yourself. And even if you relate it into becoming a nurse, you know, when an emergency happens, literally you cannot do it by yourself. I do not mm-hmm. care what someone says. I don't care which unit you work in. Exactly. I don't care, I don't if you've care been how there for years. You are, how many degrees you got, you can't do it by yourself. And literally I've never worked anywhere where no one jumped in. Like, I never really had to ask, like, please, someone help me come in the yeah. room. Like, literally, they, a lot of people, a lot of the nurses, they know when your patient isn't looking good. Like, oh, let me yeah. jump in. And honestly, that's what I do as a nurse. Like, in the ER, when one of my um, coworkers' patients, they come in on the um, AMBO and they're not looking good, I literally jump in. Literally, I can hook them up to the monitor. I can start an IV. It's little things that you can do just to help. So, I feel like, in a way, study groups um they teach you how to you know work as a team um and it really teaches you teamwork for sure
1: absolutely, what you're gonna need in the nursing nursing mm-hmm. level. yeah um and then another big thing I
0: would say, and this is something i wish if if I were to ever do nursing school again, <laughs> which I couldn't see myself doing, but <laughs> if I were to do nursing school again, I wish I would have started out doing questions for like, period,
1: okay. But the crazy thing is that our teachers, even in orientation, when we first started, they said, y'all need questions. to do questions, y'all yeah. need to do questions. And we like mm-hmm. questions. Like, I have to study. I don't have time to do questions. Yeah. <laughs> no. Questions,
0: questions, questions. You might learn more from doing your questions from just reading the rationales. Like, a lot of um, of these books, I think, like Saunders or I can't yes. remember what the name of our message how other books were called if they okay. would have questions for you and there would be rationales if you learn to read the rationale as to why you got the question wrong or why you chose the right answer it's going to shape your entire mindset into being a nurse like nursing school questions are not black and white and that's just facts that's they're not going to tell you what do you do next? like literally it's based off of choosing the safest question the safest answer honestly
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: all of them, out of all of the answers, typically About all five of them are safe. <laughs> yeah. They're all going to be good good options. Like it's not going to be one that's really like, oh, that's definitely not it. Literally, most of the questions, especially towards the end of our nursing um career, our nursing school career, were questions where you know the answers all would be right, but you had to choose the most right. Absolutely,
1: and it's that's hard. Be, like the <laughs> tricky part. Like it's just like, and then a lot of the times with the questions. At the end of the day, every person in this world is an individual person. And what Tayana might do as a nurse first, I might not do as a nurse first. Of course, you're going to have your ABCs, your airway, your, bre- your breathing, and inter- then inter- um, your circulation. Of course, you're going to do your ABCs. But at the end of the day, if that's out the picture, what she might do first, I might not do first. Right. So when we have those questions with the teachers and stuff, what they chose is probably what they were going to do first. Right. And then we're like, well, if I was, you know, I wouldn't do this first, so... Those those questions can be really, really ch- tricky, but yeah, you got to choose the best, safest answer first. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And another thing, um, the questions are also going to train you to do select all that applies. So we'll mm-hmm. get into this later about how the NCLEX now has so many select all that applies. And, um, you know, you have to choose the right answers mm-hmm. or the most right answers, which can be hard sometimes. So. It it just trains you. And it also trains you to sit down and take a test. Like, a lot of people were not used to sitting down for 60 minutes and taking a 50-minute test. And it wasn't like it was easy questions. Like, these were detailed questions that sometimes took a minute to read themselves. You know what I yeah, mean? So, it trains answer. you to you know, take 50, you know, to pace yourself throughout taking a test. Uh-huh. Because our tests, I think they were 60 minutes and we would get 50 questions on each exam.
1: Yeah, a minute a question. Yeah. Take it or leave it.
0: So you got to train yourself to you know, make sure that you don't spend too much time on one. And honestly, I'll be honest, um, I've always been a test taker where I literally just take the test and I, you know, if I know the answer, I know the answer. If not, I'm not about to sit there for 30 minutes trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like some people, they'll do that and, you know, they on question two and they only got 10 minutes left on the test. (laughs) Like you can't be that type of person or test taker because you will fail out of the program. You have to learn Girl. to yourself. If you don't know it, choose the answer that seems like it's the safest or you know if you don't and if you just don't know it, literally choose you the answer. You it. You gotta to keep it. going. Yeah, you just you don't know going.
1: it. Take that L and keep going because we all <laughs> we all done took some L's on some tests as I <laughs> promise you it, it, you'll be
0: okay. Yeah, I definitely don't recommend you sitting there because a lot of times people they'll sit and they'll take the um test and then they'll end up changing their answer that's what i used to do when yeah. i was like in patho i would change yeah. the answer and then you will find out that the original answer that you had was correct yeah. so no, now now yeah.
1: they taught us to pick it and stick it mm-hmm. that's the one you pick <laughs> that's the good one stick, it stick that it. thing right there and, uh-huh. keep it
0: and keep it moving so um yeah do that but yeah, questions questions questions. If you could start from semester 1 with doing questions and when I tell you there are endless questions, like I said, if you have a Saunders book, which almost everyone has a Saunders mm-hmm. book, they have questions at the end of each chapter. Um they have online questions. If you register your book, you can literally type onto Google and say practice nursing test for respiratory um disorders mm-hmm. or whatever thing, whatever topic that you guys are on. Like literally when I tell you there are endless mm-hmm. hundreds Probably thousands of questions. Just take the do the questions and make sure you understand the rationales
1: the best. That's the best advice yep. Googling like the topics, every single one. Even you know when you're doing um, EKGs, Google EKG questions. When you're mm-hmm. in labor and delivery, and you're doing maternity. You can Google the the fetal monitoring. All those questions. All you gotta, you can literally just type in the chapter that you're studying, mm-hmm. and type that into Google, and just put questions after, and you will find every single questions. And then in a minute, um, we'll go over some apps that we personally used that were really, really good with questions. And you know, I would recommend about fifty to hundred questions a day.
0: Yeah. Honestly, okay, I'm going to be realistic. When you first start out, you're not going to do 50 to 100
1: At all. today. You're not 10. Do something. <laughs> yeah, something train yourself. Like,
0: slowly progress yourself. That way, by the time you make it to the end of your nursing um nursing school career, you can sit down and take 365 questions. <laughs> Wait, yeah. no. Is it 265? Why am I saying 365? Yeah, it's, two, yeah,
1: it's 265. Girl, I'm
0: saying it like, that's how many days in the year? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, y'all. So... <laughs> 265 questions. Oh my goodness. I cannot imagine taking 365 questions. No. That's, but come on. I had to train myself to do that mm-hmm. because, you know, when the NCLEX come, you don't know if you're taking 75 questions or if you got to do 265. So you need to train yourself. Absolutely. You want to be ready to leave after 75 questions and you still got, you know, 190 left. Mm-hmm. I girl, I couldn't imagine that.
1: So um, some of the apps that i used and these are literally word for word because i went back into my to my downloaded stuff um is nclex rn mastery and when you have this application on your phone you could be on the plane you could be in the passenger seat of a car in a bus doing questions literally i'm on a plane i'm doing questions anywhere you are you could do questions um Another one is NCLEX, R-N, Mosby's exam prep, and that's M-O-S-B-Y-S exam prep, and that's through Elsevier, like Ty was talking about earlier. Elsevier is another one. Um, your nursing program should give you access to Elsevier. Oh, yeah. You... Remember,
0: them. Mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah. yeah.
1: We had access to that on the computer, and they have topics and questions, too. Um, another one is Nurses Pocket Guide Diagnosis. It's an app because when you do your care plans, you're going to need those stupid <laughs> <laughs> say those stupid old care plans. You're going to need diagnosis for everything. <laughs> so that's a good one to help you with your diagnosis. Um, and then Pathophysiology of Disease Flashcards is another app that I had.
0: Okay, and I cannot remember. <laughs> once I graduated, <laughs> once I passed my NCLEX, I think I deleted all my apps.
1: <laughs> but so You can still go sure. look at them.
0: I, well, I guess I'll figure it downloaded, out yeah. Okay, but I honestly feel like I probably use the same apps as you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, for the most together. part, I feel
0: like we use the same apps. Um, But one thing I will say, um, just to add on to the different apps, is sometimes you might get lucky and the professor might put a question from the app. You know what I mean? From oh, the yeah. test bank of questions, they might throw one or two of them in. There's been times when we would leave out of the testing room and we were like, Oh my goodness, there were like two questions from, you know, the list of questions that we did. So it's yeah. always helpful just to do your questions because there's only so many questions or only so many ways yeah. they can ask you about certain things.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> And um, another thing I would say, um, something I wish I would have known about a little bit earlier. I'm sure probably most nursing students know about it now, but your best grade, um, how much did it cost? It cost. Oh yeah. I want to say I had to pay at least between fifty or seventy five dollars for it. I think yeah, this was an effort. Don't quote me.
1: That thing was amazing. That's where they used yes. a lot of questions from was your best grade.
0: Yeah. Your best grade was mainly for HESI final exams. So mm-hmm. um my our first semester, we did not have, we didn't know about it. I think even the second semester, I don't think yeah, I don't think really we knew about, about it. it
1: either. The first no.
0: our entire first year we didn't use it. So I passed, I think I passed two of my Hessies the first year, and I failed. Um, the maternity one I think I got like a 72 on wow. the maternity one but I still ended up passing the class but this is very important because your best rate is kind of the same setup as your HESI final semester so it's like you're almost sitting down to take the same exact test that way when you go to your final exam for the HESI you're not surprised or you're not you know what I mean like it literally is almost like the same setup. Mm-hmm. Just like um, for you world, I feel like the setup literally looked just like the NCLEX to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So
0: the rationales were very helpful, and for some reason, once I actually purchased your best grade, I literally passed every HSE final exam after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it was super helpful. I mean, at the time, I felt like a lot of um, nursing students they complained about the price of it because you know at the time, typically you're broke, you don't really handle no money. It's at the end of the semester, mm-hmm. you haven't been to work because you've been studying all all day um but even if you go half with someone you know you can share your login with someone yeah i think i had stars yeah like i yeah <laughs> i think yeah you end up sharing it with someone and uh, even if they take the the test before you and you already see the answer just read the rationale or hide yeah. the answer and retake it yourself mm-hmm. yeah so that one was super helpful for me um and I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, another thing um, that came to my mind as well. So while studying for like specific classes, I would say for pharmacology, I actually like pharmacology once I learned how to study for it. So a lot of people, that get overwhelmed because there are literally hundreds of medications out here. Even to this day, as a nurse, I do not know all of the medications. I go over my patients' list sometimes, their med list, and they'll literally be taking 50 medications. And I'm like, I have no idea what this medication Mm -hmm. is. But what helped me, one, was those cards. So I bought – I don't know if they were from – saunders amazon or something where you
1: can well on amazon they have it like drug cards yeah drug
0: cards that's what they were called drug cards (laughs) um i used the drug cards and that one was helpful um and then also i learned medications by like their endings so typically as long as you know the medication group then you know the medication because typically the medications in that medic medication group or class they all have the same ending so you know that medications that end with lol um, are beta blockers, or you know uh-huh. that statins are cholesterol medications you know uh-huh. that cyllins are penicillins they fall into that category so when you learn medications in that form, literally pharmacology, the class will be easy mm-hmm. Uh-huh or it would get easier for you to understand because there's no way you can learn each and every single medication. There there are some medications that they'll point out that you need to know specifically is contraindicated for this or that, yeah. but it's not for every medication. It truly is yeah. not. So if you learn it by the group, you're better off, I would say. Yep.
1: And at the end of the day, like you say, even in nursing, like as a nurse now, I mean, I work in the NICU with babies, so I really don't remember adult medications, honestly. Right. But if you don't remember, it's okay. That's why they have pocket drug books. Like you do not have to know every single thing, but if you don't know it, make sure you educate yourself.
0: Yeah, don't just floor. give the medication. Yeah, <laughs> be
1: like, I will know it. No, you look it up before you give it? And you it. Okay, I'm not saying that you know, you should not know it all all around. No, yeah, But yeah, definitely for any medication. Location.
0: Yes, I agree with you 100 <laughs> percent because there's medications I have literally never seen before, and I'm like. Or sometimes I'll just go to the doctor, like, why... You know, they'll give a random medication that would be under a drug class that has nothing to do with why the patient came in. And you're like, this makes no sense. And then, you know, you go to the doctor and then they'll explain, like, oh, sometimes um, for people who are intolerant for this, we'll do this medication. Mm -hmm. So sometimes either going to the doctor and having them explain it to you, you can use the drug books that are literally on on each floor. And then almost every hospital has an electronic system where... You know, they have a MAR where you have to scan off the medications. For the most part, most hospitals do now in 2020. Um, literally, they have a section where you can right-click and they tell you what the medication is for. There's a pamphlet you could print out for the patient if the patient has any questions about the medication. Like, it's an entire education part Mm -hmm. of the online system. That way you don't have an excuse to say you don't know what that medication is for or what you need to do before it. Like you need to know that, you know, before you give a blood pressure medication that you need to take your patient's blood pressure. I'm sorry, that's just common things they don't. Oh, I'm trying to tell you I see nurses every day who don't do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's a simple things you need to do. Before you give insulin, you need to check the finger (laughs) stick. simple things things that should be common sense a lot of people don't know and granted like Caitlin you said that you don't work in the NICU oh well you work in the NICU but you don't work with adults so mm-hmm. if you were to transition or if you were to go you know be floated somewhere else and to maybe like peas I don't know if they would do that to you anyway but you know you're not going to be familiar because a lot of the peas medications are adults medications. so you know you still have the common sense or the knowledge, to you know, well, I know that this is a blood pressure medication or I know that mm-hmm. this is this type of medication. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I listen to their lungs first or some, I don't know, do something. Yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> Or have them connected thing. to the monitor. You don't want to give uh, antiarrhythmia drug. And they ain't got no EKG monitor.
1: monitor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I've seen cases where people just didn't know. And it's not, yeah. I, this isn't, I'm not trying to make fun of anyone because honestly, as a new nurse, there's a lot of things you don't know, but I'm just trying to say, yeah. these are things you can learn in nursing school. And as long as you know the basis that, oh, if it's blood pressure medication, if I don't do anything else, I know I took the blood pressure right before I mm-hmm. gave them the medication and I'm going to take the blood pressure afterwards to make sure their blood pressure didn't go down too far. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's just a little tip from me. Really. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I
0: think that's pretty much it with the study. And, and yeah. the only other thing I would say is about I talked about um, the pathophysiology of certain diseases. So just take your classes like AMP and pathophysiology serious. A lot of times, some people, they just zoom past the class just to get it over with. But it's going to revisit you back in nursing school. You need to know the yeah. way that the, the heart functions, whether it's a baby's heart or a human heart, all of it pretty much functions the same. So if you know the flow of the heart, then you know that if you know, one chamber is not working or if it's, you know, a problem um, with the pulmonary arteries or something that is going to affect like breathing and things of that nature. Like, you just Mm -hmm. need to know the basic makeup of humans um, and, you know, the pathophysiology behind these disease processes. That way, when you get into nursing school, you're not reteaching yourself these topics because it's hard to learn, you know, med surge, and then you you still teaching yourself A&P. You don't know, (laughs) you know, the
1: heart between the lungs. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. A and P, I just skated by it, not knowing that you're really gonna need that. You do in nursing it. school, like luckily with patho, I took that the semester before I got into nursing school, so it was more in my memory. But like A and P, I'm like, what vein? Where?
0: Yeah, I definitely. You know? Oh yeah, with all of the veins and stuff, I definitely. I mean, the like you know, of course the your main
1: ones, like your own your you know the ones in your arm your femoral yeah those ones the but, arteries and stuff yeah but
0: yeah and I will say in parts of a I did skate through that's why when I got into the um critical care is when I really had to reteach myself the heart like I literally had yeah. to sit down because I was so intimidated like whenever we would have a cardiac test or a respiratory oh. test I yeah. was like I would almost like I would scare myself from taking the test because uh, I didn't know the information. I set myself down and now I like the heart. So it doesn't bother me. But okay. you got to teach yourself the basics so you can excel. Absolutely.
1: And that's yeah. all I have to
0: say about that topic, I think.
1: Okay, let's get into how we prepared for the NCLEX. I mean, preparing for the NCLEX is kind of like the least of your worries. Once you get through nursing school, you're just kind of like, okay, just one more. <laughs> exam you know mm-hmm. like you at the point when you reach the NCLEX at that point you know your information yeah. and um with the NCLEX I would say that you don't need to pick up another book like you did that for two years during nursing school. <laughs> oh yeah you do not sure. need to pick up another book and start studying that material all over again did you do that Ty?
0: girl a... hell no no, no like, I did not I did there's no way said...
1: do please do not pick up another book and start the trying only to... book you I... know it or you don't I'm trying to think the only thing I would do so when
0: I would practice my questions and it was a topic I truly did not feel comfortable with okay. like I'm not gonna lie there was some some uh topics I was always if you on like oh, mm-hmm. I don't really understand it I would yeah. refer to Saunders. And okay. Saunders condenses it. So mm-hmm. I'm literally mm-hmm. just reading it for like a second just to review it. But I, right. I did not go back to that book, bu- that, that big message But
1: Yeah. <laughs> At like, that big old message yeah, Reading the entire kid, chapters. No. Saunders that is condensed and has an overview of the information. Right. Then going back to message and finding chapter. No. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. You're just going to yeah. stress yourself out more than you really need to. You know the material or you don't. You know the material. You know okay. it. You just you know need it. to do an overview of it hmm absolutely
0: yeah and for studying for NCLEX literally so first I would say once I graduated I took maybe I feel like I almost took a month off studying mm-hmm. but definitely three weeks I didn't study I went out with my friends I partied I yep. enjoyed you know the big the big celebration of graduation so mm-hmm. I did not look at a book I didn't even do questions I'm not gonna lie I don't think I did questions if I did questions it might have been questions on an app Girl, I, didn't I, do a I really did a damn thing.
1: <laughs> I don't think I did nothing. I was in Vegas for Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> I was, in, my, Cut, I was in Paris. I was. That was my, my trip was after, but yeah, definitely I didn't <laughs> study for that first up until June. So when I studied, I studied from June to July. July, I went on my trip out the country, and at that point, Ty, you were already working. So we'll oh, get into really? that yeah. with, the, with the NCLEX, with the time frames and stuff, how compared to Maryland, California took so long. But I studied for a good month every single day, doing questions every single day. And then after that, I just, it's like, forget this, I'm tired.
0: <laughs> After a while you really become drained because you went two yeah. years of studying almost every day that's just to graduate it. school and you see everybody else living their life, but you at home still studying.
1: So yeah. if you don't pass the NCLEX, you're
0: not a nurse. Yeah. And that's something a lot of people I don't know well, I don't know. When I was a nursing school, I never called myself a nurse. And I get I think you should put positive things out into the air that you will be a nurse. But like people were yeah, like the people, saying they're like you're not RN, an RN no. until you take, sit down, and take your test, and you get your license to become an RN, and that's just the the fact of the exactly matter. It.
1: Student nurse, yes, you're a student nurse, but you're not a nurse
0: until you sit down and take that test. And when you pass that test, girl, yes, throw that RN, that's that BSN RN right behind it, and don't forget no. it, girl. We used to be so
1: proud. Yeah, he's like don't for- don't forget the letters at the end, okay? Been <laughs> dying
0: for this moment, literally. Yeah, but um yeah, so I wanna say I definitely didn't start studying until like mid June. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the second week into June and then I stopped um the week before I took my test. So I took my test on a Monday. That Sunday I did not study at all. What what month was this?
1: Did you take yours?
0: I took mine in July. July seventeenth okay. of okay. twenty seventeen. I can still remember. Mm-hmm. I took my test. Um I didn't tell anyone <laughs> that I was taking the test at the time. Did I tell my Sister, I think I only probably told my sister mm-hmm. if that and I didn't tell her like what day I just let her know mm-hmm. like it's coming up soon but I ain't tell nobody I was just studying every day every day um, and that and... is
1: because we want to not have people stressing you yeah. that's the key of not letting people know which was really helpful like did you pass did you pass oh mm-hmm. my god are, are you ready for it no yeah. just stressing you, know you
0: out and then if you fail certain... which yeah, some then... ended up failing I yeah. don't want to have to explain to you that I failed my test I'm yeah. gonna <laughs> retake my test again because one mm-hmm. thing about the NCLEX is that you can take it multiple times mm-hmm. but I'm happy I didn't have to um, I will say to prepare for studying I literally was studying all day for three to four weeks and I was I studied 265 questions a day
1: and we did this on UWorld
0: you guys all on UWorld, Uworld so I think Uworld what we life. might end up doing we I, if you guys want to see it we can post like our results so with UWorld they will, you'll take a whole bunch of questions and literally your percentage will be like 68%. (laughs) And then honestly, I was so stressed out looking at my percentage because I'm like, literally I'm not ready to take the NCLEX. But then at the end, they'll let you know that, like with me, they said that I was ranked, my score, even though I was 68%, I ranked 95 in the 95th percentile, Mm -hmm. which means it was a very high chance that I was going to pass the test. But still, when I looked over and I saw the 68%, I'm like, there's literally yeah. no, like, how? That makes no yeah. sense. So, um, for the seniors who plan on, I guess, graduating this year, and then there were seniors who also graduated in December, mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of you guys are doing the U World. And if you have any questions about, um, you know, your U World scores, and if you want to compare them to mine, I definitely don't mind showing my scores at all.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't mind showing mine either. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, 265 questions today was no joke. I was doing rationales. I had like one sheet. I'm not going to lie. I looked at this one sheet the day before my test and literally it was maybe like um, things that I just wanted to refresh myself on and it was one sheet. I made sure it was no longer than that and I put things like maybe like medication equations like things Mm -hmm. like tiny things that you might forget. Mm -hmm. Things that I just wanted to review to make sure I knew my medication calculations. Now girl, oh my goodness, the other day I think I had to do a medication calculation. Well actually every day for the most part I do one when you do like your um, when you put your, um, uh, milliliters on the pump now, all of the yeah. pumps at work do it for you, but in a way you kind of do math every day, but I had to do like a Pete's one and girl, when I tell you I was lost, I was lost yeah. in the sauce.
1: <laughs> well, that's what, well, and Nikki, we are like, everything is weight based. So you have to be super precise. Like when you're giving iron or morphine, whatever. So right. I feel like every day I'm doing some du- do desired over half times Yeah, point. yeah like, d, that's the one you'll do every
0: day d over h times q mm-hmm. wait yeah. what was it times q
1: desired over what you have times the quantity quantity yeah that's
0: something you will do every day you might not notice you do it every day if you have yeah, like, you a, that a pump day. that does it for you some people don't have those pumps they have to do like their own drips and all of the other stuff mm-hmm. but when you work in places like Pete's or like kaylin said NICU or mother baby you know you have to be very precise everything is weight based and sometimes you might want to go over your calculations yourself you know you may have to write it down on the side like okay mm-hmm. i'm giving it over this amount of time
1: yeah but even like when you're taking yourself out like your pixies or your omnicell whatever whatever you guys use for your medication right. stuff but it'll tell you like when, you, when you, i'm giving morphine it'll tell you how much you're wasting but you still need to calculate that right even and, for wasting yeah, yeah. You got to calculate everything just to double check. Oh, and also, if you end up going to, like, the
0: emergency room, or honestly, on any unit, especially with critical care, if a patient codes in a room, or if you're intubating a patient, you're not sitting there at the OmniCell, and it's not telling you how much to take out, or you can't really pull up the computer, where it automatically does the the calculation for you. If the doctor says that he wants 50 of this medication, 50 milligrams of this medication, you have what you, you have the... You have how much that medication is, and then you have to do um, your desire, which the doctor wants, and times the quantity. You have to do it in your head right there because the patient is coding and you Uh have to draw up the medication. Like, as a nurse, it's your responsibility to draw up the medication. You can't look at the tech and have the tech, you know, draw up the medication for you. And sometimes in some codes, it might be you, the doctor, and uh, a tech. Um, because there's multiple codes going on at the same time. So you might not have a room full of people in there that you can depend on. So you have to be able to think quick. And sometimes I'll pull out the calculator on my phone um, really quickly and I'll do the calculation. But, yeah, you do need to be familiar with your medication calculations because you don't want to give too little of a medication and you definitely don't want to give too much.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay, so back to the Inclex, sorry guys, we got a little. <laughs> right. so even though it all ties in together, but I don't think on the NCLEX I didn't have too many. Um, like with maternity, how you have to know, like, the what is it? The dang, what calculation was that? It was something with the T, some type of drip stuff that you have to know for like the Pitocin or something like that. Girl. that, that on there. But I forgot all about said, that. <laughs> make sure you know all of your uh, medication administration stuff for um the NCLEX. Yeah, and
0: then um, another thing I guess I would say about the NCLEX. So, a lot of people don't talk about the NCLEX costs money. Okay, you gotta have your monies together, <laughs> and it's not cheap. I yeah, feel like I altogether totally forgot for the that, process. Girl.
1: I don't even yes. remember how much that stuff cost.
0: For, I have it right here. Approximately $450. So, it wasn't quite $500. ACS! girl. Yes, so, of course, everyone knows for the most part as a graduate of nursing school, you're broke for the most yeah, part. Right. I My mean, credit the people maxed out. Maxed, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for the people, now not everybody's broke, but I'm just being honest, for the most majority, you are. So you need to make sure, like, the money that you get back, like, I was, I'm I was fortunate because I got a nice amount of money back, um, like when I graduated, as like gifts from different people. So literally, I put that money to the side to pay for my background check. So you have to get a background check. I know each state may be different, but I know for Maryland, okay. Mm -hmm. So Maryland, you have to do a background check. Now with this background check, they told us, and I don't have anything on my background. (laughs) My record is clean. But if you owe like child support, or if you had any, say if you got in a fight or anything, robberies, anything. I know people just, we have they have an intense past. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make sure you put that on your application before you apply for your NCLEX. That way they can do the proper research. Because if you fail to include that information, you that can literally, that. yeah, that can delay your entire process of taking the NCLEX. So they were very, our teachers kept pushing it for some people, you know, when you, you have a history, every once in a
1: while, <laughs> It's okay, if,
0: it's okay
1: if you stole a sign. <laughs> It's okay if you stole a Just be honest.
0: Yes, just be honest. And honestly, don't nobody even got to know because you're going to write it on your application <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but um, another fee you have to pay is for the actual application fee. Now, I can't remember what the fees were for each part of this process but i just know yeah. that it all totaled out to be about 400 to 500 yeah it
1: varies um, uh, state to state
0: yeah and then you actually have to pay for the test which i know was like 200 dollars. the test was the most expensive fee um but yeah so make sure you just put money aside and be mindful don't just splurge it or i know you have bills to pay but you don't want to push put off your NCLEX test yeah. like the, the earliest you can take it i will try to take it
1: you also have to pay for your um with the background check, your fingerprinting. The background check. Right, see that's printing. another
0: thing. Yeah.
1: And yeah, I think you gotta take a do you have to take a live passport picture?
0: Maybe. Um, Maybe you do. I don't remember,
1: but you might, but they, you definitely they gotta do need to a do picture of you, I think a though. Fingerprinting. And that's expensive too, like almost eighty dollars.
0: That's at like my fingerprints, like come on. And that's another thing I'm just gonna say. This is this might be a con for HBCUs, like with the nursing program. Okay, so your nursing program they have to submit your information before you can even go to the state and apply for your NCLEX Oh yeah, our school they took forever to send it like I was talking to some people from different schools and they were like they were taking their test I know people who took their test they were they haven't even graduated um, nursing school yet I know people who were able to take Mm -hmm. their test literally as soon as they graduated like every school is different but it depends on what time your school processes all of your paperwork and sends it over to the state so I feel like I didn't find out like I was checking every day if I if I was able to apply and I found out I think sometime in June towards the end of June that I could ac- apply and literally when you go in depending on which testing center you choose not all testing centers have the the date and the time that you want or that you need you know what I mean like you might you might be eligible to take the test in June but you know you find out that you can't take it in uh, August you know what I mean mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that could be a con i would say with our hbc program but other than that um i found out i could take mine at the end of june i took mine july 17th mm-hmm. i found out my results the next day i was a nurse and then i started um my job the next week it had yeah But be so
1: maryland it's maryland was way different than california like california the First of all, there's so many people in California. Number one, number two, there's so many people trying to move to California and become a nurse. Yeah, of the pay. I think and, you're gonna you're going have to have
0: an episode about that because it's so many people who say, "When I graduate, I'm moving." Like I'm to move to California, but you you can talk on like both the pros and the cons of yeah. moving there.
1: <laughs> um. So there's just so the nursing in California is just so like the board of nursing is just so busy that it took forever for my application to process i put my application in and probably right when i graduated so about like june or something like that Mm -hmm. i didn't take my exam until september because it took literally that long to process the application to take it so my advice for people in california is try to turn it in as quickly as possible and try to get your school to to process that stuff as quickly as possible so you can take your exam like I didn't want to take my exam in September yeah. I mean I was okay with it because I was still enjoying my summer off but, right, but at the end of the day, it's like damn now I'm I'm prolonging this and I'm still I didn't I didn't study August I really don't think I did I was over it in July yeah. so I mean but I'm sure I would it would have been, go been over nice. it. yeah
0: but yeah, I had I'm a sure. nice
1: break. Yeah,
0: I'm sure it would have just been nice to get it over with. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. And then you could have continued finish your, finishing your summer. Mm-hmm.
1: And so then, with me just now taking my test in September, I didn't start working until December. Ooh. Because with a lot of the stuff, like in Maryland, you can get a job before you even graduate. They say you have this amount of time to take your exam once mm-hmm. you graduate and you got the job. Yeah, in California, it's the only people trying to come to California. They don't do that. You not applying for this job until they see. You got your me, license. You got your license.
0: Wow. So I, didn't know that, yeah. I didn't
1: I didn't start working until December, but whatever.
0: Yeah. And see, I, I'm sure, I don't know if this will be in a future episode, but yeah. I um, applied, and we knew a lot of people who applied while they were in their last. Actually, didn't we start applying our last semester? of oh, yeah. nursing school because everyone yeah. kept saying well this is the perfect time for you to apply so if you're a senior in your nursing program now and this is your last semester I would definitely recommend start applying to nurse residency programs Um, mm-hmm. which they have that in Maryland I know other states haven't they don't do nurse residencies or they don't have a lot of them but Maryland almost every um hospital that you work at mm-hmm. for the most part has a residency program but I would recommend applying now because they were people they graduated and they already had a job so, yeah. I mean, in a way, you shouldn't compare yourself to other people, but in a way, when you see that everybody else got a job, and you didn't get a job yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was
1: kind of sad. I'm like, damn, Ty started working in July. I didn't even take my test until September. And yeah. like, oh, I'm telling everyone who graduated almost started working in July. And then there goes little old me, you yeah. know.
0: So, oh, whatever yeah so
1: you should never compare yourself i always say that but it's
0: hard not to because even somebody like me caitlin she's saying that i started in july but i was looking at people who they had their jobs since march and i'm like you know what i mean like what's going on but when i tell you to rely on god i don't know what you know what you guys backgrounds are when it comes to like your religion and your beliefs but literally when i tell you god had everything set up for me like i didn't even know i was I didn't even know, I, I don't even think I was offered my job. Actually, I was offered my job before I even sat down and took my NCLEX. So anything could have still been up in the air, but I literally took my NCLEX and I was able to start my job literally literally the next week. Like the way things aligned, like perfectly, mm-hmm. it was just so perfect. And I'm just so happy that I, I continued it. to have faith because I was starting to doubt, <laughs> had some doubts at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, goodness, I'm not hearing back. I put in so many applications. I only heard back from two different Places. Yeah, and that's okay
1: guys it's yeah all right. you're gonna get a job don't worry
0: yeah don't stress they yourself out nurses. about it yeah, yeah they do need nurses but sometimes hospitals they have a long they take a long time and that's why i recommend mm-hmm. applying now because you might not hear back until yeah months, months later
1: yeah. You're like oh i forgot about that app <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah and then also i will say don't take and this might be hard because I know a lot of people, they have, like, bills and things like that. But don't take a job just because they offer it to you. Like, if it's something you don't see yourself doing, then at first I got offered one job. It was, like, on a mental health floor, med floor. And I did a shadow day there. And when I tell you, it was crazy. <laughs> it was so crazy. It was, like, a lockdown unit. And then the next week, I ended up having an interview with the emergency room. And I just knew the emergency room was for me. So mm-hmm. things will align. Like, you have to be patient.
1: I'm a firm believer in that, because when I first graduated, I had an interview, and I think it was like a burn unit or a med surge, which I don't see myself doing no part in that. So in the interview, they're asking me, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? I see myself in the NICU, and I told them (laughs) You know, once I got out the interview and I told my mom what happened, she was so disappointed. She's like, why would you tell them that? I'm like, I'm just being blunt. Honest, right. And, you know, I don't see myself working here. I will never see myself working in a med surgery. And that's just that on that. But I was being honest. I was like, I see myself in the NICU. That's where my heart is. That's where I want to be. Right. And, you know, I walked out of there like whatever. And literally a week later. I got an interview in thank you. So what's meant to be is gonna be like interesting mm-hmm. and you know, everything will come aligned when it's supposed to, for real.
0: Yeah. And then I'm sure in the future we'll have some episodes on interviews and our experiences with the different yeah. interviews we went on and all of that good stuff. So yeah. we can that'll be, be in the that. next coming
1: episodes for yeah. sure. Okay. So now the next one is just getting into well, we kinda just talked about like our post grad experience and then kind of get into if we had some post-grad depression.
0: Yeah. So um, post-grad. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this with nursing. And this might be when you first start nursing, once you graduate nursing, and then once you actually become a nurse, you get this feeling where you're so excited. Like I was so excited to graduate um, school. It just felt like, Everything was lifted off my shoulders. You couldn't tell me anything. You couldn't tell me anything bad about becoming a nurse. Like, literally, I was so happy. I was so, so, so happy. And then after a while, it starts to fade. So you'll be, like, on this high um you know this high feeling and then literally it starts to eventually go down when uh-huh. you realize that you're still studying every day you're not really enjoying, <laughs> you know what I mean like you're in the house all day you see your yeah. friends like I wanted to go on a vacation with my friends after after um I graduated and then the next week I actually had to come back to school to study for the NCLEX so like all it's tiny things nothing where I it should have been like a big problem, but it starts to mess with you mentally because it's like you expected your life to be a little bit different than um, the reality. Like so I course. just want to yeah. tell, um, you know, nursing students who are about to graduate, you know, enjoy the feeling of that high when you graduate. It definitely is a very big accomplishment that you should definitely celebrate. But when things start to go back to normal, you know, try to gear yourself for that because, you know every day will not be a celebration you will have to go back to study and and you're still going to probably be broke and until you get your job <laughs> and you know you're still going to have regular life stresses don't think yeah. that everything is just going to disappear once you graduate because it. Cause that's absolutely. just not the truth
1: absolutely yeah well for me when i i told you i went to like write that weekend well we graduated like the 20th may 20th and then that following the last weekend in may i was in vegas for my day weekend living life okay (laughs) and i'm just like i graduated i'm giving myself this break but definitely the whole month of june i didn't go nowhere i studied and that's just like i say we said last episode nursing is a sacrifice at the end of the day so you got to sacrifice that time for to study and that's just that
0: yeah. And I would say my major, I wouldn't say I had post-grad depression, but I definitely had new grad depression, which would be probably an entire episode for itself. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I mainly didn't have post-grad depression. Once I finally took my test and I passed, I was on another high. So once I passed the NCLEX, I was on another high. I was so happy. Nothing could bring down my high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Then once I became a nurse and I started working, I was on a high again. And then that's when it started to really go down. But mm-hmm. um.
1: Yeah, that's a whole nother episode
0: dealing yeah, with. That could be a <laughs> Doing night
1: shift. you be depressed this hell on night shift. Girl. We're going to talk about that <laughs> in another episode, guys. Yeah,
0: so I think that so. pretty much um sums it up as far as like after graduation. I don't, we have
1: nothing else to add. Yeah, I don't really either. I would say we could do bullet points, but I mean, everything is pretty simple.
0: Yeah. So, you know, go
1: listen, go back and listen to how we study for the exams and the main thing for the NCLEX is taking, you know, a couple weeks off, studying for a good at least a month, a month and a half of studying, and doing questions every single day via UWorld, which mm-hmm. is you can do an, an application on um, an app on your phone or you can do online. Um, and making sure you take notes on those rationales and um, on the ones you got wrong and the ones that you got right. Don't focus on just the ones you got wrong. You need to focus mm-hmm. on the ones that you got right as well. So I think that's really it.
0: Yeah. So we thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Thank you so much. We have so much more content to um, go over in future episodes. Um, We encourage everyone to follow us just to keep up. That way you know when we actually um, drop a new episode. So our Mm -hmm. Instagram name is nurse underscore ish, which is ish.podcast. Um, that way um, that's a good way to get in contact with us if you have any questions um, or if you have any feedback for us which we're always willing to take um, you can definitely send us a dm we don't mind responding and then um, like i said we make different posts throughout the week that way you guys can keep up with us and mm-hmm. then my personal um, instagram handle is underscore Tayana, which is underscore t-y-a-n-n-a-a-a so that's two n's and three a's at the end
1: and then my Instagram is at I T S S K A Y L Y N N. So, yeah, like Ty said, like we love feedback. You know, even if it's bad feedback, we love collective criticism. So, you know, good and bad, give us your feedback, give us your questions, and we're welcome to it all. All right. And that wraps it up. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Please like, subscribe, and share our Nurses podcast. With your loved ones, people that you know as a nursing school or aspiring to be nurses, LVNs, anyone in the healthcare field. Thank you guys.